It's time for Rama for Today. And I came to myself. I don't even know how I got out there. I came to myself out in the parsonage yard, walking, you know. And I said to myself, what are you doing out here? Don't ever remember going out there? But you see, I'm just going over and over in my mind, all of these things piled up, you know. And I just said to myself, now you know better than this. You know better than this. But did you know that this is something that you, you, you never get to the place that you've just got it automatically made. You have to keep practicing it. Now I said, Lord, I, I, I'm the under shepherd here over this flock. You're, you're the head shepherd. You're the chief shepherd. Amen, as Peter called it. It's your work. And you said in your word, casting all of your care, all your anxiety on, on me, on him. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagen on his teaching, Casting Your Cares Upon the Lord, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagen for today's message. Now, I don't know why, but every single full gospel church or Pentecostal church that I pastored was a troubled church. Every single one of them. And this particular church that I mentioned, 1939, I didn't know it, see, because I'm new over in Pentecostal circles. And this church is, you know, number-wise, people-wise, in this particular area or section, these 30 or 40 churches of that particular full gospel domination, and this church is number four in people-wise, you know. There's only three other churches that got more people in some of the larger cities than this one. And uh, I didn't know it, you see, because I'm new, you know. Wouldn't anybody have it? Wouldn't, wouldn't any preacher take it? They, they won't have it. Because it's, it's trouble. There's a war on between the deacon board and the pastor. The church is split all up. In 23 years of existence, I was 21 years old, the church was 23 years old. So these people in that church have had been saved and had the baptism in the Holy Ghost 23 years, two years older than I was old in actual age. And they never had supported a pastor. Pastor had to work for a living on the side. And yet with all those people, I was the first pastor they ever supported. Nobody would take it. After I passed it four years and left, there's 40 applications for it. Everybody wanted it. Well, not everybody, but you know, plenty of folks did. I really didn't find out, you see, until after I'd been there for a few months and I began to try to get it, it was a custom. Now, this is 1939. A lot of you youngs don't understand Some of the older ones do. But it's sort of a custom, Pentecostal circles, that we just had a, you know, sort of a, a revival meeting every three months. So I've been there about three months. I began to look around for an evangelist. And I couldn't get any of them to come. Everybody, well, nobody talked to him. Of course, I was new in the movement, you see. But if, I mean, you go to a convention or a sectional meeting or something, and you start talking to them, they'd walk off and leave you. Well, where are you passed? And I'd tell them, they'd walk off and leave me. <laughs> like, like there's something wrong with me, you know. And I, I wondered what's the matter. I mean, 
And finally, a friend said to me, who was a neighboring pastor, he said, Brother Kenneth, he said, I'll tell you the truth about the matter. He said, the reason you can't get anybody, he said, you know, you're new in this, but nobody would have that church. I mean, it's just a, you know, nobody take it. He said, I held revival there a year before you came. This man's pastor, and I have another church close by, but he's out on the field as an evangelist. I, I held a revival there for three weeks, and they gave me 20 cents. <laughs> oh, really magnanimous, weren't they? I mean, generous givers. And he said, you know, and that gets out on you. You know, another evangelist asked the fellow, unless God just knocked him in the head and said, go, he's not going. He's got enough sense to know he's got, you know. Because, you know, so is a troubled church. Well, I'll be honest with you, I'd been there about three or four months. And like I said, I was not one. I walked in faith. I didn't worry. I cast my care upon the Lord. But I said, Lord, something more to be said, but I don't know what to say. I have no experience. I have no training, you know. I mean, I pastored out there in the country, but really I just went out there and preached mostly. And, and uh, something ought to be said, but I don't know what to say. And, and there are conditions in the church that ought to be handled, but I don't know how, what to do. And uh, because I'd probably say the wrong thing. And I'll be honest with you. That whole summer of 1939 and down into the fall, the first four, three, four, five, six months that I was there, nearly every Sunday morning, if I, I you, you talk about discipline and self-control, it, it took everything I had to control myself. I felt like just getting up and skinning them alive. <laughs> I just had to hold on to keep from it. I felt like getting up and started in with the deacon board and taking them one by one, skinning them and nailing their hide to the wall. <laughs> then after I get the hide nailed up there, salt it down real good. <laughs> and then next take the Sunday school superintendent and skin him. And then take the Sunday school teachers one by one and skin them. And then take the layman one by one and skin them. And every time I felt that way, I'd get up and read from 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians and preach on love. And the next Sunday, read from Revelation 21 and preach on heaven. And I guess I preached more on heaven and love those first five or six months than anything else. Because I felt that way nearly every Sunday morning. So I remember so clearly. I uh, one Sunday morning before folks ever started coming to church, I I had got up, you know, getting ready, you know, and and I, and I began to think about some of these things that existed in the church and problems and so on, and and you just couldn't imagine. I couldn't possibly tell you all of them. You'd be astounded if I did. And I came to myself. I don't even know how I got out there. I came to myself out in the parsonage yard, walking, you know. And I said to myself, what are you doing out here? 
Don't ever remember going out there? But you see, I'm just going over and over in my mind, all of these things piled up, you know. And I just said to myself, now you know better than this. You know better than this. But did you know that this is something that you, you, you never get to the place that you've just got it automatically made. You have to keep practicing it. Now I said, Lord, I, I, I'm the under-shepherd here over this flock. You're, you're the head shepherd. You're the chief shepherd. Amen, as Peter called it. It's your work. And you said in your word, casting all of your care, all your anxiety on, on me, on him. Now I know I have to do my part. I'm going to study. I'm going to prepare myself to preach. I wasn't a teacher in those days. I was a preacher. I'm going to visit the sick. I'm going to carry on my pastoral duties and treat everybody the same. Everyone the same. And I'm going to turn this thing over to you. I refuse to think about it. I refuse to worry. I'm not going to be anxious. It's yours. And if you can't do anything with it, well, then that's your problem, not mine. I don't have any problems. <laughs> so it was our custom in those days. Of this particular full gospel group, by the way, we had a fellowship meeting every first Monday. You know, the first Monday of every month, fellowship meeting. Services all day and dinner on the grounds. They'd furnish us, you know. The ladies would cook, you know. Some folks would rather have dinner all day and service on the ground. <laughs> but we had services all day and dinner on the grounds. And uh, so I'd go to a fellowship meeting. And here the pastors are lined up talking about their problems. And I'd come along, you know, and they'd say, How goes the battle? <laughs> See, there's all in a battle. I'd say, men, it couldn't be better. I don't have a care. And go right on by them. And they'd look at me and blink their eyes. <laughs> Later on, some of them said to me, we used to think you was crazy. <laughs> See, you walk by faith. You, you practice what the Bible. See, this is prayer. Are you listening to me? <laughs> I said prayer is not only getting in his presence, prayer is living in his presence. Hallelujah. See, when you, when you live according to the Bible, really walk according to what God's Word said, you are an oddity to others. Because they'll sit around and claim the Bible's true and then just live like everybody else does. Amen. Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. We have wonderful offer uh, this month. Uh, first of all, it's your dad's uh, teaching. It's, what is that, one CD? Uh, yeah. Praying for the fresh, precious fruit of the earth. Right. And I believe that we're going to see a mighty harvest right. out of this situation. Yes. Talking about staying in peace. Well, I've done a uh, CD on the Lord, our peace. Yes. And as we look to him, he is our peace. And then my book, I have a book here, How to Live Worry-Free. And uh, the subtitle, Step, Stepping Out of the Bondage of Stress and Fear. I did four sessions, I believe, on this. And it said, why be worry-free? Because God cares about you. God sets all our cares on Him, not to worry. And then I talk about the destructive powers of worry. 
And then I talk about conquering worry by conquering your thoughts. That's right. And remember the Paul over in Philippians said, think on the good, good things. things. Don't think on the bad things. Yes. You have authority over worry. This is a great little book. It has helped tremendous amount of people. I've gotten testimonies from, from this book. book. And we're offering all three of these items for a gift, gift of $20, $20 or more. That's right. Go right now to your device, whatever it is, yes. your iPad, your uh, phone, your computer, That's your tablet, right. whatever it is. Just yes. go, go right there and, and order these right now at rhema.org. Well, know that we are for Rhema Bible Training College for the fall of 2020. Can you believe? Wow. Yeah. It's this this year has just really going fast, fast, right, fast. Right. And uh, so I you can apply online today at rbtc.org. So go check us out and if you feel that you want to know more about the word of God or you feel a call on your life, I would encourage you to come to Raymond. Yeah, you just want to like, learn about the Bible. We That's have right. one, we have one one whole uh, curriculum yes. just on Bible studies of the books of the Bible yes. for, and then of course helps and itinerant ministry uh, student ministries which is children and youth I mean it, it, it's yes. all there amen call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99 again call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99 you can also order online at rhema.org that's R-H-E-M-A Rema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagen will continue his message on casting your cares upon the Lord. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.